0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Glad that you're here. Welcome to everybody who joined us online. If there is anybody joining us online this morning, a whole bunch of you are here with us outside. It's fun. I hope everybody grabbed one of these little uh, little things off the table when you came in. It says Welcome to Worship at the Tops. Got the this has the words and the songs on it. If you want to sing them along, if you missed one. Uh, there are a whole bunch of them sitting on the table. Also, if you want to celebrate communion with us at the end, there are communion elements there that you can grab. Uh, if you missed them at some point in the service, you might want to filter the way back over there. But uh, we well, like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Hi. I mean I, I gotta say, it's fun to see some of you that I haven't seen face to face in a while. Uh, when we gather together on Sunday mornings at the building now, there are like uh, you know 20 or 30 of us that feel confident enough to go be in a closed space for an hour and sing together and all of that. And the rest of you, uh, I'm sure all of you are tuning in every single Sunday, right? I'm sure that's the case. Uh, or catching up later or whatever, you know. Uh, but we're, we're glad that we can get together today. This uh, today is a little bit different too. Today is our church's 20th birthday. This is hard to believe. Hard to believe it was 20 years ago when we had our grand opening. Uh, until I, you know, get out of bed in the morning and feel how tired I am. And I know I'm 20 years older and all of that. Uh, yeah, 20 years now we've been uh, connecting people with God and with each other and with the world and He and God's love. But right. Well, right now, let me pray for us as we begin to worship today. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for your faithful love that you've shown to us today and, and uh, down through the ages. Your love never changes. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can see this love displayed so clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into our darkness to, to shine your light, who came into our brokenness to bring your healing. Who came to us who had, who had chosen the path of sin and death and to us you give your grace and your life thank you God thank you that in Jesus Christ in his, in his life, in his ministry in his death, in his resurrection we see the great love that you have for ordinary messed up people like all of us we come to you today so grateful for the love we are so glad that you don't give up on us we are so glad that we can count on you each and every day to be there to be our refuge, to be our strength our ever present help in God. God, you know that today some of us walk into this time into this place with hearts weighed down heavy with uh, with anxieties with needs, some of them our own some of them those that are born by our loved ones and we, we hurt for them some of just people that we see around us we we see again on the news about the continued trouble with the fires out west or, or the, the civil unrest in some of our cities. God, we see some of the things that are going on and, and our hearts hurt. And today, God, we, we bring all of that to you. thanking you once again for being present in the midst of all of it. You are present right now with some people fighting fires. You are present right now with people whose homes were burned up. You're present right now with with people who are boarding up windows. You're present right now with, with people who are protesting. Thank you, God. Thank you that you are with each and every one of us. We need you, God. We need your grace and your mercy, your strength, your healing, your forgiveness. Would you please speak to our hearts today? Would you help us to know that you are here, that you've got us? Help us to know that we can trust you, put our full confidence in you. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your power. You need us here today by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Fill us We pray. As we, as we listen for your voice speaking through the scriptures, as we gather uh, around the table of our Lord Jesus for communion, as we celebrate uh, your faithfulness over 20 years with some hot dogs and chips and stuff. God, during our time together today, would you meet us here? Speak to us and help us to have ears to hear. We pray in Jesus' name. The peace of the Lord be with, you. And I'll be with you. Thanks. All right. We're still in this place where we can't go around and shake hands, but you can look across the way there and see somebody, and, like, wave to someone and say, oh, it's so good to see you. I can't wait to have a hot dog next to you later. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> Julie. I know there were several of you uh, that leading up to today and told me just how excited you were for the opportunity to, to put eyes on some people that you haven't put eyes on in a while. It's a good, good thing. Oh, yeah. And whatever you've done for all life, you can have a seat. Thank you so much to our family for leading us in worship this morning. We're deeply appreciative. Now, I was told that some of you might be having trouble hearing me. Is there anybody that is having trouble hearing me right now? What? You're having trouble hearing me over there? Having trouble hearing me right there? I'm trying to talk right to the microphone. Hey Scott, you think it'll help if I angle this speaker over a little bit? That's great. If I can you guys... Thank you. we'll see if that helps out. Okay, you got it. There's nobody sitting off that way. Did that help at all? That helped a little bit? Oh good. I'll Hey, thumbs up to the people sitting in the sun. Alright, that's good. Right. I gotta say I don't blame like any of you for being in the sun today. I, I didn't know I had to get out my uh, long sleeve here already. Yes, so. Uh, I do have just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, we are going to have food right after this, and I hope that you'll stick around and join us for that. Uh, he is set up right over this way, so as soon as we're done, you can go over and grab a hot dog or two and some chips and a drink and hang out, uh, celebrate together. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have had uh, cake and all that good stuff, but there's all kinds of restrictions on food things right now, so we're not doing all that. We'll, we'll have a bigger party sometime, someday, maybe next year for our 21st, it'll be a little easier to have, have a celebration around food. Uh, but uh, I do want to remind you that if you want, you can grab one of those welcome cards on the way out, jot us a note, give us feedback, tell us how, uh, how God's been working in your life or some way you need God to get working in your life and ask Him for prayer. Drop that in the offering box. You can give there too if you'd like. Uh, or if you're connected on your phone or online, uh, you can go to livinghobe.info slash connect and follow those digital connect cards or, uh, or just click slash give on the end of that and give online. Uh, thank you to all of you who are connecting, who are taking advantage of that. Who are let us know how we can pray for you and how we can partner with you and how we can support you through this time. Uh, you might have seen in there too. There was a little flyer, a little cloth flyer that fell out. Uh, hopefully, it didn't blow well away. But uh, there's something here that says at the top, Habitat for Humanity and thrive Put your faith into action. You see that? Uh, we have an opportunity between now and the end of the year uh, to to donate, and then over the course of next year to actually get our hands dirty and build, to get get some splinters, you know. Uh, How many of you, I'm just curious, have any of you ever helped with a Habitat Project before, Habitat for Humanity? Oh, I'm seeing a few hands. Okay, yeah. Um, It is a fun way to come alongside a family, a working family that needs housing. Uh, I know in the past we've been very involved with, uh, with shelter. put some sweat equity into it, and uh, us together with uh, a few other churches, this is called a, what they call a faith bill, where churches come together to provide this house. And so uh, our goal between now and the end of the year is to donate $6,000. And let me tell you why. is because we have somebody in the church that said, hey, we'll match up to $6,000 if everybody else will give 6000 So uh, I would like to see us get all of that. So if God moves you to give toward this project. Uh, please do. Just write us a note that says habitat. Uh, you can't do that. You can give online right now, but there's not an option yet to select to say habitat. That'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> an option to say, oh, I want this to go to the habitat project. Right now, if you give today and you want to go to that, just shoot us a note and say, hey, that 20 bucks or that 100 bucks or that 6,000 bucks or whatever it was that you gave, uh, just say that was for the habitat project, and then we'll earmark it in the office tomorrow. Deb, Deb will earmark it in the office tomorrow. Uh, so we'll let you know more about that opportunity in the days ahead, And uh, but I wanted to let you know today, because we've got the information, and I was able to put it in so many of your hands, because you're here, I can hand you something. So I'm very excited to be able to partner with, uh, with Habitat and with Thriving Financial. Uh, oh, and I should say then: so whatever you give, like I said, will get matched once by the person in our church, and then Thriving Financial matches every gift that we give, and so you're 25 or your $100 turns into $400. So, I don't know about you, I love that kind of stuff. Like, every time I have an opportunity to give to something that it gets matched, uh, that, like, motivates me to give even more. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to make an even bigger difference. Uh, I don't have to be as rich as the person over there to, to make a big difference. I can just give my part, and it gets, like, quadruple. So, anyway, that's going on. That's one way that we can help uh, uh, connect God's love and God's grace to some of our neighbors are uh, in. need. Uh, See, I feel like I have something else I should have mentioned for announcements, but I don't remember. So, hopefully, uh, if if I forgot it, uh, we'll email it to you tomorrow, okay? Let's see if my notes will stay here, or if they will go away, like Scott's reading. So far, so good. All right. Uh, One thing uh, that we have said from the time we started this church 20 years ago uh, was we tried to, to put into words, like, what are we trying to do with all this anyway? Why are we here? I mean, why, why start a church in a town that's already got churches? You know, I mean, they can go to the Lutheran Church down the street, or the Methodist Church down over there, or the Nazarene, or the Roman Catholic, or the Baptist. You know, there's like a wide circle of churches that operate. So why 20 years ago do we feel like we need to start another one? And uh, as we, well, besides the fact that we felt like God nudging us toward this community and calling us here, uh, we felt like there was an opportunity at the time for a church that was, uh, uh, that would connect a little more closely with people who, had, like, serious questions about faith. We weren't really sure they were all in on this thing. Uh, to connect with people who might be disconnected from faith, disconnected from God. And that, that language of connection is what we kind of latched onto. And so we said from the start that we're trying to help people get connected to God and to each other and to a world that needs God's love. Those, those three directions, those three connections that we feel like each of us needs in order to live a uh, human life, the human life that God created us for. We're created and connected to the God who made us. We're created and connected to each other. And we're created and connected to, uh, to the mission in the world, to, to carry God's love and God's grace to people who need it. Uh, in fact, that was my very first message at Living Hope Community Church was in June of 2000. Uh, we were doing just some, like, monthly preview services before we had a grand opening in September. The uh, two, two Sundays after Labor Day, or the first Sunday after the Popcorn Fest, that was always the way we engage it. Every year, uh, the Sunday after the Popcorn Festival weekend, that is our, that is our anniversary. Uh, this is the first year in 20 years that there hasn't been the Popcorn Festival to, like, mark that by. Uh, hopefully next year. But my very first message back in June was called, Reconnecting in a Disconnected World. And man, I had no idea that 20 years later we'd be as disconnected as we are today. That we'd like, be stuck in our homes and not even go out and see each other or, uh, or eat together or do many of the other things that we love to do. I mean, if we were feeling disconnected then, it's just crazy how we must be feeling it today. And in that message, we looked back to the very first pages of the Bible. In Genesis, that, I'm not going to read everything from that message. Not, this isn't the same message that you would have heard back then. Uh, uh, on the very first page of the scripture, it says that God made us for a relationship with himself. Right? He he gets down in the dirt. He makes, uh, actually I should just read this. Genesis chapter one where is it? Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. God gets his hands dirty forming the first human being, breathes into him his own breath to, to give us life. And that idea of us being a living being or a living soul, uh, I had a professor in college who got really excited about the Hebrew word nephesh, it's translated soul or being there, and how it's like a similar word for like a throat, like somebody who just like is waiting to drink in. And it's like we're just we're just made to be inhaling the breath of God. And we're created to be connected to God. His breath in our lungs, as one of the worship songs that we sing sometimes puts it. He created a for connection to him. And then just a few verses later, we see it's not, God says, well, it's not good for the man to be alone. And he knocks Adam out and takes Adam aside from him and makes Eve and presents her to him. And he's like, hey, this one matches. You know, this is this is like one of me. And this is a good thing. This is a, an appropriate connection here. We're created for human connection. And, uh, and as we see throughout the pages of Scripture, that, that, that there's a mission that God is on. Because while it starts out great, right, and everything is good, we're connected with God, uh, we're connected with each other. We've we even been given a, a work to do. We're, we're placed there to care for creation, to work the garden, uh, to rule over all that God has made in His image as His representatives. We turn one more page, and we, and we blow it all. And because of our sin, because of our selfishness, all those connections get broken, a bit soured. It's like we're still connected to God, but now we're each other, but now we're blaming each other. And it's not a life-giving relationship anymore. It's one of domination and of fear. But God doesn't give up on us. Love and faithfulness. That's how God describes himself to Moses in the very next book of the Bible, Exodus. Gracious, compassionate, faithful. This global redemption project to bring all people and all things back to himself. By the end of Genesis, he's chosen a people to spirit in this project, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, people who are willing to trust him. And just in case you've ever felt like, like your family is kind of messed up, and you're like, oh, I don't know if God you know, really is interested in a family that's messed up as mine, or the way I've done that, read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their families. All right, Read the book of Genesis. These people have some messed up stuff going on. But they trust God, and God works through them. God is able to do amazing things. If God can work through them, he can work through you. They become enslaved in Egypt. They suffer terribly, but God hears their cries and comes down to rescue. He does what he always does. He taps someone on the shoulder, someone flawed, just quite like always, and works through them in amazing ways as they trust in him. God frees the people from slavery and on the way to the good land he's promised them, brings them to the mountain in the wilderness to meet them and establish their relationship. And then we read there, in Exodus 19, i got two passages of scripture I'm looking at. This is from Exodus 19 and one from 1 Peter, okay? Exodus 19, then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you're to say to the descendants of Jacob, where you tell the people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. He gives Moses words to say to them that are like it's kind of like when I get to bless you at the end of the service and I get to pronounce God's peace on you. I feel like when Moses gets to do that for the people of Israel. He says to them, "Look, the God who rescued you from slavery treasures you, loves you, has given you a purpose. You're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation." God has plans for you and a future for you. Now, some of you are wondering what these uh, old Bible stories have to do with us. Uh, some of you are just wishing you could get to the hot dogs. Uh, but, <clears throat> do you remember Peter? Jesus' disciple, the, the, the impetuous one, the one, uh, the loud one, the one who talked a good game, but in the end, like denying and knowing Jesus, major failure, right? This Peter walked with Jesus, learned from Jesus, was forgiven by Jesus. This Peter saw Jesus die on the cross and saw and talked with him after he had risen from the dead, after he had conquered sin and death. And this Peter wrote a couple of letters that we have in our Bibles today to early Christians going through a terrible time, much worse than what we're going through today. To encourage these Christians, he reminds them that we don't have to fear suffering or even death because God has defeated death in the resurrection of Jesus. It's from the first couple of verses of his letter that we get in our name, Living Hope. Uh, because we are, are, uh, are given this living hope because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. But in chapter 2, he reaches back to Exodus 19, that part I just read, and tells these early Christians in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He grabs some things that God said to the people of Israel way back in the day as he's rescued them from slavery and is forming them into his new people. He says that now to these early Christians, that God has rescued from slavery to sin and is forming into his new people. I love that phrase where he says, "Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God." Uh, some of us, it, it, maybe not so much today, because here in America we kind of got this whole melting pot thing going on. But uh, but some of you have done like the, the ancestry thing or the 23andMe thing, and you've kind of tried. Are you done just the genealogy work to try to trace your lineage back? Some of you very much know. You know, like, oh yeah, my family's all Irish, or oh, my family's all German, or my family's all whatever, and you know, and then it means something to you. It helps kind of to find who you are. And back in Jesus' day, that was so much more the case. I mean, you were the people that you grew up in. That was your tribe. That was your people. That told you who you were. And here, what God has done to Jesus is grab people from all over the world, from all different nations, all different languages, all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, and all different political persuasions, as we've talked about the the last, last month or so, and he takes all these people who didn't have like a a unified identity and says, no, no, now you are the people of God. And we see that just uh, just looking around here, just looking around at those of us gathered here. All different ages, all different socioeconomic statuses, all different backgrounds, uh, all different uh, political persuasions, as, we, as we've said. Some of you are super excited to vote here in a few days, uh, in a few weeks. Some of you are already about to vote, early voting or whatever. But, uh, and some of you can't wait to vote for the person with the R next to their name, some of you can't wait to vote for the person with a D next to their name, some of you have got some other letter next to their name, a G or an L or something else, and you just can't wait. You know, some of you you're like, I'm not voting, I'm not even getting into all that mess. Uh, but God draws all of us together as the people of God in Jesus Christ. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. It's God taking people, some some of you have felt orphaned. Some of you have felt well, like, I don't have a people at all. I haven't had an identity, or at least not one I want to hold on to. Maybe you heard all kinds of garbage uh, thrown your way growing up from parents from society telling you how worthless you are. And you have tried your best to leave that behind, but then you don't know who you are without that. That's all you've known. And here God is saying to you today, well, you might not have had people before, but now you are the people of God. As you trust in Jesus, he, he embraces you as his own child, adopts you into his family. It's a beautiful thing, a beautiful life that he invites you into together with all of us. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It doesn't matter who we are, or where we've been, or what we've done. It doesn't matter our past. God loves us. He's gracious, compassionate, full of Love and faithfulness. We're chosen people. God knows your name and has invited you to be a part of this project, to be a part of this family. That's a beautiful thing. A royal priesthood. That speaks to our our vocation, our work that he gives us to do. Uh, That doesn't mean we're all going to be pastors, all going to be preachers. You're not going to have to take this mic and stand up front. All of a sudden, you might like to do that. If you would, let me know. We might have a chance for you to do that sometime. Uh, But you know what a priest does? A, A priest is one who kind of goes between God, a holy God, and a very flawed humanity. Priests are always flawed themselves. Jesus was the only high priest, perfect high priest. We are a royal priesthood. Children of the king, we're royal, and we're priests. We are there to reach out to people with the love and grace of God and to lift up before God the needs of our neighbors and our friends. That's one thing that you can do right now for every one of your neighbors, but the, and you don't have to worry about coronavirus stuff or wear a mask or anything. You can just reach out to your neighbors and say, "Hey, uh, I've been thinking about you and praying for you. What should I be asking God to do for you when I think of you later today?" You know, I drive by your house or I, I see you out my window, I see your house, and I, I, I usually just ask God to bless you. Is there anything going on that I should be asking God to do for you today? We can, we can pray for people. We can lift people up before God. And we can represent God to others. That's what priests do. We're a holy nation. I've just been talking about, I don't want to go down that road, about how our first allegiance is supposed to be to our King, Jesus. That's who we are, a holy nation. wholly devoted to God. Being purified by Him. Having our, our, our thoughts, our inclinations, our motivations, everything being being sanctified is the the church word, the Bible word, being made holy, being cleansed, being purified by His Holy Spirit at work within us. It's the work that He wants to do for, what do you say, God's special possession. (laughs) My uh, my boys have special possessions right now. They're four and a half. And uh, it's pretty frequently that one of them has something that the other one wants. And uh, they're still learning how to ask nicely and wait their turn. Um, you know, most of the time it's grabbing, and then there are things being swung or thrown, and then you we know, have to intervene. Um, but they have some things that are whenever we want to get rid of something, the phrase they use is like, "No, that's special to me." That's how they say, it. "No, no, that's special." And I see my mom nodding. She's like, "Yes, I've heard that." Um, no, we can't throw that away. That's special to me. You know? and I, I I kind of hear that in my head, and I read that to God, we are His special possession. He said, no, you are mine. I chose you. I treasure you. I think about you. I care about you. You matter to me. I, I value you. That's what God thinks about you, about us. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And the same one was here, who that didn't apply to. We have all been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's not, not any of us that just brought light into this whole relationship, all right? It's God who has shined his, his light into our lives. It's God who has rescued us from darkness. It's God who has invited us to now live in the light, to live openly with him and with each other. And we get to declare his praises. We get to tell that to others. We get to be honest with others about the difference he's made in our lives. We, we don't have... There's no room for us to look down our noses at anyone for us to think, ah, I'm his special possession. I've been chosen and you haven't. You don't matter to God as much as I do. That's not at all what he's saying here, right? No, we're just thanking God. Wow, thank you, God, for rescuing me. Wow, thank you, God, for forgiving my sins. Thank you for... Working through ordinary, messed up people like me, and giving me a chance to be a part of this mission that you have in the world—to reach into the darkness, to bring people into the light—it was a, it's a different kind of life together that he invites us into, or what I call it week, a different kind of politics, because that's what politics is—is is the way we do life together. And this St. Peter, who wrote this letter, uh, he he had a chance uh, after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And after they got poured out his Holy Spirit upon the disciples, Peter had the chance to stand up in front of a crowd of thousands from, uh, from all over the world who were gathered in Jerusalem for a Jewish holiday and to say to them what God had done in Jesus and to invite them to trust in him, to turn from their sins and to turn to God and to receive grace and mercy and forgiveness. And it says in Acts chapter 2 that there were like 3,000 people from that crowd believed what Peter said, were baptized and added to the church that day. And listen to this description of this early church, this, the way they do life together, the way their politics, the way they organize their lives. that so all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met at homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship, those will being saved. There's a, a picture of the early church, of how when, when people are transformed by God, all of a sudden they realize, wow, I owe everything to this God who made me, who loves me. I owe my whole life to him. He's the only one who's redeemed me, who's restored me, who's given me a fresh shot of life. How can I not then turn around and be gracious and generous toward others? I do want to read just a, a snippet of uh, that first message that I gave back in June of 2000. I was trying to explain the, the kind of church that we were hoping to create here. Uh, and then I'm done. And we can sing, we can celebrate communion together, and we can celebrate Here's what I said that day. I said, now, I can't speak for every church, but I can speak for this one. Here at Living Hope Community Church, we're all about connecting people to God, to each other, and to a world in need of God's love. Our dream is for this to become a place where ordinary people can get connected to God and be transformed by His love and grace. We dream of a church that sees the lost and the hurting and the proud and the self-sufficient, God's eyes of love and compassion. A church that sees these people the way God sees them. services that are authentic and relevant that are true to life as it really is with all its joys and all its pains where people are all over the place and others freely and ready will find encouragement as they continue to seek after God and as God seeks after them. We dream of a church where everyone is consistently moving forward on the journey with Christ. A church where every believer is connected to a small group of other believers for support, encouragement, spiritual growth. Where people can know others that they really are and know themselves as well serve and be served, love and be loved, celebrate and be celebrated. We dream of a church in which every believer is using the gifts and abilities God's given them to serve the people around them. Instead of pressuring people to serve in ways that aren't suited for them, we'll encourage people to serve in the way that God has shaped them and planned for them to serve. We dream of a church that's known in the community for its selfless acts of service to those in need, both here and around the world. We have big dreams for living hope here in the church, and we believe they're God's dreams too. Because we have seen what God wants His church to be, and He's convinced us that it is possible. And I want to welcome you to be a part of it. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whether you're just starting to ask questions about who God is and whether or not He exists, but I'm looking around and I think we've managed to, to do that. So thank you for being a part of this these past 20 years. Some of you have been a part of this for like a decade plus. Uh, others of you have been a part of this for like uh, one service now. And uh, it's a Thank you for being a part of this church. Thank you for letting me be your pastor. I can't wait to see where God takes us from here as we trust in him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for embarking on this major project of redeeming the world and drawing all of us back to yourself. Thank you, God, in this project, you tap people on the shoulder and work through them. God, each of us, you have worked through other people to get us to where we are today, sitting here, worshiping you, reaching out to you. because somebody let you work through them to bless us, to draw us to you. God, there are some of us who uh, have been trusting you for, for decades plus. There might be some of us here today who are Right on the edge of trusting you. God, I pray you help all of us, each and every day, to trust you, the God who made us, the God who loves us. To say yes to you and the grace and mercy and the forgiveness that you give us in Jesus Christ. To trust you as you tap us on the shoulder and send us to people who are still living in darkness so that we can just share our story of how you have called us out of darkness and into your wonderful light. Thank you, God, for being faithful, not just for these past 20 years, but for thousands of years now. You have been faithful to people who cry out to you. So today, God, we continue to turn to you, trusting in your love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the new life that you give us in Him. Thank you for the new family that you uh, adopt us into through Christ. Thank you for the mission that you give us to reach out with that grace and that love to others. Thank you, God. We pray all of this confidently in your love because you've shown it to us in Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I think you've got that. Did we, did we manage to get it in there? The Lord's Prayer? Oh, there it is. We pray together this prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And, uh, and then we're going to celebrate communion together. Thank you again, God, for the love you have shown us in your Son, Jesus Christ. In grace to celebrate in this sacrament. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior here in his body and in his blood. Likewise, God, we offer you ourselves and pray that by your Holy Spirit's work within us, we might be transformed into the body of Christ. We might live in this world as your children, as your hands and feet, as those carrying to others the grace that you have some so generous. Share with us. Thank you, God. Thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the night that Jesus betrayed into the hands of those who would uh, eventually crucify him, he, he was celebrating with his disciples and he, he took bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body given for you. When you eat this, do this in the remembrance of me. You may take it, eat supper he took the cup and he said this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins this is my blood of the covenant there's a new agreement between God and humanity when you drink this do it in remembrance of me let's take it and drink we do remember Lord Jesus your great love that you have shown for us the great price that you paid to set us free from lives that were all about us to invite us into this beautiful life of Creator to live, where we get to love you and love each other. Thank you, God. Please continue this work in us. Continue to not give up on us, God. Be patient with us when we be stumble. Be firm with us when you need to call us back to you. Help us, God. Help us to trust you today and the days to come. So that we can join you in this great and beautiful work of redemption.